0: Welcome to Abundant Living and Gardening Podcast. I am your host, Aja Yasir, and I am so happy you decided to join me again for episode two. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I've been thinking a lot about what is going on in the world, and I'm pretty sure many of you have as well. Probably all of you have as well. And 2020 has been very interesting. I won't jump on the bandwagon and say it's trash or 2020 was garbage. So many beautiful things have happened this year. But this is December 2020. And I'm looking over everything and I'm looking at how people are still running around afraid and looking at real estate trends. I have noticed that more people are looking to move into rural areas or maybe have already moved into rural areas. And I've actually, you know, been thinking about it myself. We're in an urban area. I'm an urban gardener, but I have been thinking about, you know, rural living. But a lot of people are trying to go rural because they're trying to escape. Or some people may authentically want to grow their own food raise their own livestock and kind of live a bit more free than you can or than they think they can in an urban area. But there is a flip side to that. It's like the saying goes, if you can't handle making $100,000 a year, how are you going to handle making a million dollars a year? Like if you can't handle um budgeting and investing and all of the things that you need to do with a hundred thousand dollars a year, how exactly do you expect to be able to handle being a millionaire? It's almost like when people go and play the lottery and they just lose a bunch of money they they win a bunch of money, and then five years later or maybe even a year later, it's all gone. Because maybe they didn't know how to handle $20,000. So handling lottery winnings is a difficult thing. And so how does that translate to gardening? I think that if you have issues with handling growing food in an urban area, just your house, maybe your apartment, Maybe you should not think about rural living right now. Okay? Because people are buying property in rural areas. They're city dwellers buying property in rural areas. And what's happening is that the value of land is going up. And it's actually going to push impoverished rural people out. And here come the city dwellers who may not even know how to handle acreage. They're coming in and they're buying land that they probably don't know how to utilize. Okay, so that's an interesting thing. Because when you think of rural America, you think, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of poverty in rural America. But there is a lot of, well, poverty as in cash poor, I don't think you can have too much poverty if you have a lot of land. I really don't. But if you have, you you're dealing with people who may be cash poor, but do know how to work the land to an extent. If you're a city dweller and you haven't even managed how to work your land around your home or even your balcony at your home, maybe you can start there. So that is the thing, because when everything settles, when everything settles and, you know, things are going back to they'll never be normal, quote unquote, again. But when things go back to what we thought was normal or as they get closer to what we think of as normalcy, the. Reality is going to set in and people are going to realize that most people are going to live in urban areas. That's just how it is. Most people are not going to live in rural areas. Land is spaced out. People in urban areas are used to being close together. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have a small percentage of people living rurally. You're going to have most people living in urban areas. So what can you do right now to build resiliency at your home right now? I mentioned this on the previous episode, but my family bought, my husband and I bought a house in Gary, Indiana that have been sitting for about 20 years. And we converted the front yard, side yard, and backyards into growing spaces. That's an option. Um, You can actually, even in an urban area, some people grow, some people um, take care of bees and some people take care of poultry. We don't do any of that here. First of all, we don't eat chicken. We don't eat eggs. So we don't have... A real need to raise chickens and bees I have a issue right now with handling bees honey bees that is because we are in an urban area there aren't many people who grow flowers or um there aren't many people who are intent on building habitat for the bees so if we have honeybees, they're going to be competing with our native bees. And that's something that I don't want to do. I don't, definitely don't want to do that right now. So our focus is just growing food. We do mushrooms, we do medicinal herbs, and we do food. So if you are in an urban area I'm going to give you a few guidelines on what you can do right now to build resiliency in your neighborhood, in your community. First, observe. You're in a a house. You haven't grown anything yet. Observe. Look at your landscape. Look and see what's growing outside of grass. Do you have dandelions? Do you have clover? how are the pollinators already interacting on your land you want to observe where's your light where are your microclimate so microclimate is some is it's a different um, climate you know in in different areas so if we're in a house we're gonna If we're in a house and I'm working on the garden, there are going to be different areas of the garden that may be cooler, that may be warmer, they may have more shade. So you want to take that into account as well. Observe that. Observe water, rain. Where is the rain settling? Do you have rain settling settling at your house? Do you is your is your soil clay so is the water just raining and just sitting there or do you have sand Gary is actually a city that's built on sand so if you have sand you know the water is going to go straight through so your first step is just to observe observe and see what is going on a lot of people when it comes to okay gardening and and things like that they just want to start putting in raise beds, or they just want to start growing something. And I understand that, but you need to observe first. Your second step is going to be decide where you're going to plant things, what you need to plant. That's your second step to sustain your family. Don't go out and start growing things that your family does not like. If your family hates Brussels sprouts, don't waste your precious real estate because if you're in a small home land, you're not in a hundred acre farm. If you're in a one tenth of an acre, you can't afford to waste space on food that your family isn't going to eat. So decide what you're going to grow. Step three, Even before you plant, start thinking about habitat. Habitat is so important. It goes back to step one. You already have pollinators that are on your land. You already have bees, butterflies, or what have you. They're already visiting your land. They're probably visiting the clover, the dandelion, the wild things, the violets that grow. But you need to start building habitat for more because the more you build habitat, the more return you're going to get on your garden. If you are growing flowers and herbs that attract pollinators, those pollinators are going to say, hey, I'm over here and I'm dining on these flowers, this nectar from this fl- these flowers. I'm dining on this nectar from these herbs. But you know what? I can go over here and I can also pollinate these peach trees or pollinate these watermelon vines. So you want to go ahead and build habitat. And how do you do that? Well, I would stand clear of big box stores when it comes to buying native plants. Go online and find where your nearest um. native plant sale is going to be many times they occur in the spring and the fall find out where your nearest native plant sale could be a club in your community a club in your city if you can't do that go online find and find out what the native plants are in your area and just research research what your property can withstand research how much space you're going to need for these native plants. They're very 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 important. So research, I would give you some <laughs> some 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 places to buy seeds, but they're not sponsors of the show right now. So hey. So you want to research and find out what native plants you can install at your garden. And this is way even this is before planting. I haven't even gotten to the planting part. Soil. If you are a gardener, your main job is to build soil and to build habitat. Soil is so important. Get your soil tested. If you're in an urban area, you probably (coughs) have to deal with, excuse me, you probably have to deal with contaminants in the soil. So find out if you have heavy metals in the soil, find out if you have any dangerous contaminants in the soil and and take it from there. You can do that by contacting um, a local college that has an extension program and they will come and help you or you might have to send in samples of your soil to them, but contact your local extension program to find out what is going on with your soil. Once you get that information, they may give you some guidelines of what you can do. You may decide to do raised beds, you might decide to do in-ground, but it's going to be dependent on the information that they give you and it's going to be dependent on the work that you want to put in. I am a regenerative gardener, which means that I build Habitat, and I also help to build soil. That is, those my, those are my two main jobs. is It's not about just growing fruit and vegetables. It's building habitat and building soil. And because I'm a regenerative gardener, I know certain techniques that you can use to build your soil. Even if you find out that you have minor contaminants, at your growing space, okay? So there are certain things that you can do to help build the soil. All right, so we already have what you're gonna grow. You already have your native plants that you're gonna grow so you can build habitat. You've observed, you've done all of this. Now, where is your water source? Your water is going to be one of the most important aspects of your growing, I do not use city water in my garden because I use wood chips and organic material that has a lot of microbiology. I do not want to kill that microbiology with chlorine, chlorine that they put in, water, in city water. So I only use rainwater. And rainwater has its own minerals. It helps, it gathers nitrogen from the air as it's falling. And I use that water for my garden. There are going to be certain techniques that you're going to have to employ in order to gather water if you do rain barrels. If you gather rain, you're going to have to figure out how to keep the water at your location, especially if you do not have clay soil. I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, please hit me up and tell me, hey, Aja, can you please go into more detail about that? But look, so your water is going to be one of the most important sources. Where is the water coming from your roof? That is where you want to get your Put your rain barrels This is where you want to install your rain barrels, where you see the most water coming in. I would highly suggest that you have more than one rain barrel. Although when I first started this garden plan here, we didn't even have a rain barrel. Long story short, I was going and I was gathering water and bringing it here. But now we have rain. We have a few rain barrels now. So um, you at least want to have one rain barrel for a water source. Again, I do not suggest using municipal water for a garden space. Now, you're going to talk to people, even people in extension offices, they're going to say, no, you need to use municipal water because you don't know what can get into the Rainwater. It can be bird feces. It can be a bunch of stuff that's getting into your rainwater. Look, I'm taking my chances. <laughs> I'd much, 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 much rather have rainwater in my garden. Again, because I use organic material and organic material, especially wood chips, leaves, compost. And that is life. And I do not want to use water that's going to kill that life. So that's a very important part of my watering. So there you have it. These are the things that you want to at least think about. Because if you're in an urban area, realize that it is going to be more and more and more important for us to build resiliency in urban areas, not just rural areas. If if rural people can handle having a hundred acres, let them handle having a hundred acres. You start right now with your space, what you have right now. And then maybe you may be able to progress and get some acres, but start with what you have right now. Those are my steps. Also, here's another thing. In order for us to build resiliency, we can't do it alone. Our neighbors are going to have to chime in. So your neighbors may be growing tomatoes. You may be growing eggplants. Then you can trade that food. See, with everything that's going on right now in the world, I personally do not think we would be at the stage we are right now If we were being resilient, if we were focused on building resilient communities, if I knew that I can rely on my neighbor to get produce that I don't have, you know, if I'm growing apples and I'm able to trade persimmons and then the person across the street is able to give me walnuts or pecans, and we're trading like that, we are building resiliency. We're not caring about the stores being out of just basic food necessities because we've built that resiliency here. And not only do you build resiliency with food, but you also build economic resiliency. Because if everybody is growing food in your neighborhood, there is really no reason for people to go hungry. I don't care if the stores are out of food. There is no reason for people to go hungry if we build resilient communities, growing our own food. And from resilient communities of growing our own food, we can build commerce because I don't have to just trade and barter food. I can actually grow a business from the food that I grow. If I grow grapes, I can make wine. If I grow any kind of fruit really, I can make wine, I could do kombucha, I could do June, I could just I could do sauerkraut. It's so many things that you can do to build business. You can start a tea company. So many things that you can do. So That's all I really have to say right now. It's really late at night, way past my bedtime. And I want to say thank you so much for joining Abundant Living and Gardening Podcast. Please subscribe rate and review. And I'm going to come back next time with some recipes. We talked about gardening, how to um think about setting up your garden. Now let's talk about some recipes. If you've already started a garden, what can we do right now with the things that are in our garden? All right. Have a great one. Talk to you next time.